nothing is too saturated if you're talented. Talent will always shine through. So I think there's there's a billion artists out there. Yet every year we find a handful of new ones that were like, yo, I really care about that person's shit. Um, I look at that same thing with creators. Like, yeah, there's tons of them out there. Um, if you have genuine talent and you have an offering that people uh, can vibe with, it will work. It'll shine through. It might take time, but it will shine through. And that's in any industry, no matter how saturated, no matter how, how many people are in it. This is JT Barnett. You might know him as the guy who took a pivot from his professional hockey career to pursue content creation full time and developed a media agency of his own called Creator X. You might know him as the guy who created the adult TikTok creator house, Honey House, and grew it from zero to a million followers in only 60 days. You might even know JT as the guy on TikTok who consistently gives unbelievable trend and content creation advice to his followers. So you can actually like walk around filming it like this without needing to hold it and what he predicts for the media landscape for the future. What up, friends? UGC will be lucrative long-term because anything that feels like an actual customer is giving a review. Or you might know JT as the genius mind behind the brand Poppy, advising them to tell their origin story online and thus having the brand sell more cans of product in a day than it ever had before. We had a brand deal with Poppy Consulting. I was like, look, maybe you just need to tell your story and like talk about it into the camera. You have a really interesting story. You were on Shark Tank and like, let's see how that works. It didn't just get millions of views. It broke their sales record for the day that they aired on Shark Tank. But whatever you know JT as, he sure knows how to make a buzz online. Being featured numerous times in articles such as E! News, Business Insider, Creator LA, Tido, and many others. Welcome to The Craft, the podcast where creatives and inspirational people come to talk about their talent, passion, and process leading up to big moments. I am so excited for you guys to hear JT's story and how he got to where he is today, building a lucrative business out of his social media channels and helping creators worldwide work with brands they've only dreamed of. JT serves as the connecting dot between creators and brands, headhunting TikTok creators, allowing brands to source who they're looking for through JT's creator database called CreatorX. JT also consults with brands to help them survive in the ever-growing digital landscape to help them develop a strategy that will ultimately grow their business. This is all while documenting his day-to-day processes and not only sharing his advice online to his TikTok audience of over 300,000 people, JT has amassed over 3 million likes on his TikTok channel and continues to build his online community through authentic and genuine storytelling, being vulnerable while consistently sharing his day-to-day life and any new advice that comes to his mind trends that he's noticing and why some brands continue to push through the grain more than others. If there's one thing we can all learn from JT, it's that curiosity can lead you far and being a true innovator of an online generation takes grit. Instead of being afraid of generating buzz, you could argue that JT generates buzz and noise for a living. How cool is that? This all started while turning an idea into a business. So stay tuned for today's episode and I can't wait for you to hear the advice JT has to give We go through childhood, creativity, the importance of wellness, how to cultivate a community, types of business models, and more. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and comment through whichever platform you're listening or watching on. It really helps the podcast out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And now, on to the episode. Let's rock and roll. Okay, guys, we have a legend with us today, JT Barnett, who is many things. Uh, JT, you founded many businesses that you now run on your own. Um, Barnet X, Creator X, you did Honey House. Uh, you are a creator, a digital market marketer, storyteller, and honestly, so many other things. Videographer, I feel like it could call you a cinematographer. I feel like one day you could go on to make movies. You're just limitless in the space, it seems like. And Thank you. yeah, you've definitely been a huge inspiration for me and I'm sure many other creators and people out there who just, you know, didn't know that this world was a possibility before. So thank you for coming on the thank podcast. You. Yeah. So excited. I really to appreciate that intro. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I know you've been on many, many podcasts and interviews, and I don't necessarily want to get on the same route, but for people who aren't familiar with you, uh, as an intro, let's just dive a little bit into your childhood and what family life was like growing up, if you were creative as a kid, 
or what what you were originally like as a kid? So I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, that was where I was born. My my youth took me to Scottsdale, Arizona, which is where I would call home. Um, but was always like a Southwest born kid. Um, the creative was always in me, but I was a hockey player. So my dad was a hockey player. He put me into hockey. I was a, a born into the sport hockey player. Um, so the way that I think cre- the creator in me, which is all the creative stuff that I'm doing now, kind of developed was it was more of like my hobby outside of taking hockey really seriously. So like when I was growing up, it was kind of like my escape from hockey. I would do different little art things. I would make, when there started to be like video cameras coming out, I would video things. I would take photos. I would make music. So I would burn CDs as a kid. I would make mixes. I was always just doing little fun, creative things on the side um, when I was while I was taking hockey like very seriously. And that was like the serious part of my life. So I think um, probably in the way that a lot of people end up actually being very good at the things that they find just fun rather than the things that they look at as work. Um, Creative stuff for me when I started playing professional hockey. So I went on to go play pro hockey. I played pro hockey for five years. When I started playing more, taking hockey more serious and playing hockey at a higher level, I think the creative stuff started being even more of an escape and an enjoyment. Like I really started enjoying it more. And I... I can't do anything for fun. I can't do anything unless it is fun. So when hockey stopped being fun for me, I like really leaned into the creator stuff. Um, And that became like what I knew that I like really wanted to do. So it was always there when I was a kid. It just was like the stuff that I was doing as a hobby. Um, And now I get to do it as like my job. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome that you recognized it because I feel like some people ignore those emotions and they think you know they go along with the thing they think that they're supposed to do whereas it seems like you were more so making a decision of like if I don't want to do this anymore I'm not gonna do it yeah I mean fully I think um I don't it's hard for me to ignore the ways that I feel I think that my emotions are like a very strong compass for me and that's the, that's like something that I've learned and practiced uh, that is like a guiding force for me. So anytime that I am, I'm constantly checking in with myself and seeing how I'm feeling about things or the way that I look at things, because that is like the, my, my biggest source of internal guidance. Yeah, that's awesome. Because for me, I have... Um... I can relate to you because I had a soccer injury. I used to go playing soccer. And I had a really major soccer injury. wanted to be a pro soccer player. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I have to pivot into something else. But it's neat that you got to experience life as a pro athlete and then say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to start something brand new. Growing up, were your parents or anyone creative around you? Did they inspire anything? Very. Yeah. Uh, my dad would be similar to me in the sense of a businessman who had a lot of creativity within him. The difference, I think, between me and my dad is I spend a lot more time um, pursuing that creativity, whereas I think my dad had it, has it in him, but just never really pursued it. So he went, he did all of the. He did hockey the same way as me, played pro, stopped playing pro, went into the business field as an agent and w- and built a very massive reputation around being a very creative agent. Um, and I think that he used his creativity that way. I think that he, and I, I mean, I, I know that he also is talented in so many different creative ways like art or like screenwriting or like all these different things that I just don't think he really pursued because I think that he found business and just kind of stuck with that and was just happy with that and never really felt like he needed to. Um, But I for sure get a lot of creativity from him. And I also think I get a lot of creativity from my mom 
my mom's less, I would say my mom is less um, artsy in a sense than my dad would be. Um, but I think my mom just like has a lot of creativity that flows through her. So I think I get a lot of it from her too. Yeah, that's neat. I feel like that's important to have around growing up. Um, I didn't have a lot of it. So I feel like people either come to it or you get inspired from a relative, what they're doing. You kind of get an image of what life could be like through that. So I think that's a cool lens to grow up with. Yeah, I was definitely lucky. I mean, even to just looking at the stuff that I'm doing right now, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing that people have recognized me for in business is all very similar to the stuff my dad did when he was an agent and an executive. Um, and yeah, so part of me is like, damn, I really wish that he actually went harder into the other stuff he was creative because he probably would have been great at making films or movies or producing all different types of creative endeavors. Um, but that's where I just don't think it was his interest. Yeah, that's always interesting because I feel like even nowadays the world is so different from, how old are you? I feel like we're 30, almost 30. 30, okay, I'm 25, so okay, five years. Yeah, the world was so different when our parents were growing up versus nowadays, so who knows? There's, you know, endless opportunity. Is he still an agent today? No, he's an ex- he works for an NHL team now, so he was he's on the, the team side rather than the player side. Okay, that's still really rocker and awesome. Yeah. Growing up in Arizona, I I read, do you have a high school diploma? No. That is so how did how do you not have a high school diploma? Uh, I went to I went freshman year in high school in Arizona and then I moved to Canada to play hockey. And when I was playing in Canada, I played my sophomore and junior year at the same place, but then I tr- I got traded after my second year, so I went to another city. And in the new city, uh, for my senior year, our team didn't make playoffs. So when your team, when your season ends, you go home. Um, and for me, my season ended at, in probably like March or April. Um, and the actual year of school ended like June or July. So a lot of the other kids that, were, that lived in Canada stayed around to actually like finish the school year out. But I was like, fuck that, I'm going home. I don't want to be up here if I'm not playing hockey. Uh, So I ended up just going home and just never really cared about where my diploma was or what happened if they let me graduate, anything like that. So I never walked, I never grabbed, I never got a diploma. Um, I never went to college, so that didn't matter to me. Um, I I do feel like, I, I do feel like they told my family that they w- would let me graduate um, with my team if I wanted to come back up. But I just was like, I don't, I don't have an interest in it. So I don't have any recollection of a diploma or getting one or anything like that. Yeah, that's that's so neat and honestly probably inspiring to a lot of people now because at least I grew up this way where it was so enforced that if I didn't go to college, didn't have a high school degree or whatever, it was like the end of the world. But I think nowadays there's not such a harsh emphasis on it. Obviously, you know, people have one or don't for their own merits, but that's so neat to me that you were just like, nope, I don't want to do it. I'm going to go down my own path. Yeah, I think I just knew. For me, it's like I've just known what I wanted to do. And like, again, the same kind of thing of like my internal compass. Um I knew that anything I was going to do in life was not going to be dependent on a fucking college degree. That just wasn't, that just wasn't my makeup. I, and I, and I don't think that that's for everybody. Like I do think there's people that know what they want to do and it fully requires them to graduate with great, uh, academics and at a good school. Um, I, I do a lot of like pattern recognition. So I notice when I see other people in the world that I want to be in. For example, when I see content creators making themselves, uh, turning themselves into businesses through videos, um, and I look at the, the like roadmap to get there, there's just nothing in that that shows that a college degree is beneficial for that. So when I see that, or I see before, uh, when I was doing, when I was playing hockey, so I was doing a lot of music production, 
and I'm looking at music producers and I'm like, a lot of these music producers didn't go to college or openly talk about how college did nothing for them and they dropped out. So when I see that, then I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. I don't need a college degree to do that. I'm not going to go to college then. So it was very, it was very clear to me. Um, there was never a thought of, like, there was no considerations of college. There was no thinking about where I would go. None of it. Yeah, that's, that's neat because there's just, nowadays, even people, you know, they, they're like, oh, I'll fall back on this. It's almost like you didn't even give yourself an option B. You were like, this is my only plan and it's either going to work or, like, I yeah, which is a good, which on. is a good and bad thing. Like, I do think that I probably could have planned out a little bit. So I retired with no money, no job, no place that I was going to live, not like zero, nothing saved, uh, and no roadmap either. So I do think that I probably made it a little bit harder on myself than I could have if I had like, you know, a couple of different options. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I do that to myself at times maybe i maybe i like the like uh the challenge of like i'm gonna have to figure this out um but i think i also just have like a trust in in that if i really am stuck with no other options i can go and find a job and i will be able to go and find a job um so i think that that's maybe like where i've like just been okay with it but yeah, fully never planned for college, never planned a job when I was retiring, never planned even with the things that I'm doing right now, like never raised money for my companies that I've started when I've had employees. I've never, so all of it's just been kind of like jump and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it's all non-traditional night. The, um, the more really successful paths of people that I've noticed interviewing, everyone's like, can't believe I did this, but I did it and it worked out. And then looking back on it, you're like, you know, you kind of think, oh, this was definitely meant to be. Like that inner voice in the back of my head is right. And I think the difference between people who are successful in following their path is listening to that voice in the back of their head, being like, yeah. something's telling yeah. me to do this. Yeah, I think you have to, you have to take risks. Um, I think, I, I think the the it's clear that the number one thing that people talk about um when they get older is like living with living with regret is the worst thing um and so i think for anybody that's anybody that's listening anybody out there that has some intuitive like inclination that they want to be doing something i think you owe it to yourself to at least like at least think about it and like put a little bit of time into it it doesn't mean you have to do it but at least give yourself the the ability to like test um, because yeah, there's playing it safe in theory sounds cool, but when you get to be 65, 75, 85, and you just played your whole life safe, I think it's a, a very clear path to being unhappy um, and feeling like you didn't actually give yourself like the best life that you could have. Um, so some people have internal burning wishes that they need to actually go and do. Some people don't and are just like, I'm really seriously fulfilled working the job that I'm working. I have no interest in being an entrepreneur or going and trying out this crazy shit. And like, that's great if you're happy with it. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think happiness comes down to it. And my aunt always taught me this. She's a big person I look up to in my life. She was like, pay attention to what you pay attention to. So things that you're noticing because your thoughts, you, essentially like you can't escape your thoughts. So if you're thinking about these things or you're noticing stuff that you're interested in, which I love your point where you're like, life's supposed to be fun. Like this is supposed to be fun for me. I think, you know, some people are taking life as like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that or live up to the notion of what someone else wants me to be or do or whatever. And I think it's cool that you recognize those patterns and that you're able to take that and turn it into a challenge and just say, cause there's a million, you know, there's like a million creators out there nowadays and some people get intimidated by that. But I feel like you took that, you probably took that as a challenge as well. And you were like, no, I, I know my strong points and I want to bring them out. Yeah. I mean, I think like nothing is too saturated if you're talented. 
talent will always shine through. So I think there's, there's a billion artists out there, yet every year we find a handful of new ones that were like, yo, I really care about that person's shit. Um, I look at that same thing with creators. Like, yeah, there's tons of them out there. Um, if you have genuine talent and you have an offering that people uh, can vibe with, it will work. It'll shine through. It might take time, but it will shine through. And that's in any industry, no matter how saturated, no matter how, pretty, how many people are in it. Um, the, uh, an, an analogy that I like to go back to always is there is new water companies being created every day. How many different ways can you make water? You know, like, but if you go to the water aisle, like there's a reason that some people buy, there's a reason that some people buy just water. There's a reason that some people buy Voss. There's a reason that some people buy Arrowhead. Like if you have, there, nothing is too saturated if you know who you're doing it for and you're providing value to that person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I always say this too to creators is like, you can be so successful nowadays building your own audience and there's more than a billion people in the world. If you just, yeah, can stay consistent with what you're wanting to put out in the world. It's because even my parents were like, why are you starting a podcast? There's a million podcasts. And I'm like, well, there's not a million podcasts about what I'm talking about are my thoughts. So it's like, I think, yeah, you do have to have the ability to recognize that you're right. Talent will shine through. And I, yeah, I love that you say that because I'm always wondering in the creator space if it's, if there ever comes a point where there's so many, but you're right, there will no. never. I mean, think about like, like fitness and wellness influencers. There's new ones every year. They still build audiences. That would probably be like the biggest kind of niche on in all of social media that people are. Um, there is still plenty of space there. Businesses in the world, like, ha I mean, there's, you could go on and on and on about different categories and topics. Nothing is ever too saturated if you are legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Even brands, like how many new brands do you see? Fashion brands, every, I mean, every, every type of brand. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just the, you just have to have something that that the, you have to know who you're making things for. Like you can't, you have to, and sometimes that's just you. Like sometimes it's yourself and it's your younger, or it's younger version of yourself. Um, but you just have to know the intention behind who and why you're making it. Um, and if it appeals to that person, it will, in time, it will click. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I had a creator tell me the other day, which really stuck with me. He was like, put out there what you want to see on the internet. Like, yes, there's a million things out there on the internet, but what do you want to see that, that. that you think there could be more of? And there's always something like, is it a thought you had that day that you could give advice to somebody? Is it, is it a way to do something that no one else has thought of? Like a routine? Fully yeah. love that. Yeah. So I think that's cool, especially in this space. Cause I don't know. I, I want to ask you too, of like being surrounded by like good friends and people. Cause I think it's also people are feeding you thoughts, negative thoughts of like, oh, a space is too saturated or, oh, this or, or that. It's like, one, maybe they haven't done it for themselves and they're just trying to like knock you down or two, they're just giving bad advice. But what would you say for people who not just like aren't surrounded by the best people, but are maybe wanting to do something a little untraditional like you're doing and have people whispering in their ear, like maybe that's not the best. Yeah, I think that, I think your support system is really important. Um, so that's a mix of friend group, family, that could be therapists, that could be people that you consume on the internet, that it's like, it's what's coming in and what's going out of you continually. Who are the people that are doing that? Um, and I think that that's really important um, because like everybody in the world will go through challenges and having support in those moments is critical. Um, so the people, uh, and, and, I, and like we were just saying, starting all of those things that we were just talking about that take time for the specific person you're making it for, uh, in a saturated niche, that is a challenging thing because there will be levels that you will have to overcome within that to get to where you're going. So support is super important. Um, if I were so doing everything solo, 
and uh, was like on my own and w had no support. There's no chance I would be where I'm at right now. There's no chance. I lean heavily on other people um, and I want other people to lean heavily on me. So if your proximity is filled with people that are negative and not uplifting and are bringing you down and it's all you have around you in your close city, put headphones in and listen to people that are uplifting. Listen to content of people that you actually feel is making you feel better and is bringing you to a better place um, until you can get into an actual proximity of uplifting people in real life. So if that's your family, if that's your friend group, if that's your teachers, if that's your significant other, if that's your whatever it is, um, if you feel like if you feel like you you are leaving conversations, like you said, be it be aware of the of where of what you're thinking about. Uh, be mindful of be mindful of the way that people make you feel when you're around them. If you feel like that's not a positive, I. I don't think you need to like straight up cut people out of your life and ghost them, but just like put some space in there, um, put some space there and then and then fill that space with people online that are positive that bring you up. Yeah. Let me say this. Uh, when you're genuinely happy, you don't bring other people down. It's yeah. just not something you do. Yeah. Like anytime you're actually really happy with yourself, you're not bringing other people down. Yes. You might be somebody that's a little bit more quiet and you're not like overwhelmingly like hyping other people up. Some people are just a little bit more naturally introverted but you're definitely not cutting people down internally or externally when you're actually happy with yourself. So that's the way that I look at all of social media and comments or, or even like in person. Like if I, if I am noticing that people are cutting someone down, if I see it in comments, or if I ever feel like internally, why am I judging something? It's because I'm not happy with myself. It's because I have something going on that I'm like, ah, shit, like I actually... That made me think about this, which actually is some of my own shit. That's nothing to do with that person, but it just looks like it is. Yeah. You, don't hurt, you don't hate on people when you're happy. Yeah, exactly. And I always say this too, because I read a quote once where it was like, your outward judgments of the world, your first thought towards something, if you are judging it, could be like a, some perception you've heard that you've been given that your brain just automatically goes to. And then your second like follow-up thought is you, if you correct that thought and you're like, wait, why am I doing this? That's like who you actually are. And because we hear so many things a day, we see so many things a day. So I really love that too, because I'm the same way. Like if I'm like looking at something like, what, why is that going on? Or just being like, what, what are they doing? It's like, wait, no, take it. And just, I know that I'm internally happy. I know that, yeah, there might be some things here and there, but you're yeah. right. It's an outward projection most of the time. It's not even about. Yeah. That, and that was interesting. You were just saying the, to, what you were just saying about, the thoughts, the first one and the second one, to me, I look at it kind of like, uh, that is self-awareness to me of like, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What am I experiencing? And I think, um, we just have so many thoughts that are like, in my, in my understanding of it is in my belief of it is like, so many of your thoughts are just not even yours. It's like, it's something that's been programmed in you you heard your parents say something some way when you're a kid or a friend say something some way when you're a kid that now you've internalized that. So then when you're in that situation again as an adult, you're just like automatically think that that's the way because you heard it from somebody that you believed when you were younger. And that's where it's like a lot of those times that you do need to like question that. Like you do need to, you do need to sit and be like, oh, wait a minute. Why, why am I looking at it like that? Or why do I think, why am I thinking that? Or, or. I don't agree with the way that I just thought that. And here's what I actually do choose to believe. Um, yeah, fully agree with that. Yeah. And I think 
this is something too, like recognizing those thoughts and like being, this is like, I feel like what it means to be able to think for yourself. Cause I just started noticing this recently. This brand like shipped me a, like a thought planner. And I was like, wait, the more I write down my thoughts, the more I can actually see the patterns of my own thinking and just recognize it more. So I think you're right. Like it all goes into self-awareness, but yeah, I love that. Cause even on your socials, you're always doing what I feel like, you know, is healthy and beneficial for the mind, like the sauna, the ice bath. We were just talking about that before, but I feel like all that stuff goes into really be, being able to think clearly. So I just think it's interesting because I think you have a really good grasp on. Yeah. Um, something I really believe is that we're all playing the game of wellness, whether we choose to or not. The people that actually choose to will have a leg up on the people that don't think it's important. But everybody that's playing in the game of business is playing in the game of wellness. Um, so that's why I take it so seriously or why I put time into it. I genuinely enjoy the way that I feel when I am at my best through all the practices that I have. And out of, on the other hand of it, like if I'm not prioritizing that, like you're, you can only work as hard as your body will let you. You can only think creatively and think and, and come up with new solutions and new plans and new projects and new ways to actually build business when you're in it, when your body is healthy. So that's why I think that wellness is the most important thing for everybody that's in business. Cause it really is the underlying foundation of it. Um, and that's why I like to play in that game. Yeah, me too. And I, I think so too, cause some days I'll be so rushed in a day and I'll be like, Oh, I don't have time to work out this morning. And then this is so crazy because I think TikTok and like obviously your phone can hear what you're saying because then like stuff starts popping up. But this then this guy was on TikTok saying like your morning routine doesn't matter and like it just doesn't like just get to work basically if you're doing I don't know whatever you're doing in your life. And I was like, oh my gosh, it made me like rethink everything about my morning routine. So I was like, am I wasting my time? But then I was like, no, I think your intuition goes into it. Like I'm not wasting my time working out, obviously. It's like for sure. Everybody will have their own, everybody will have their own, there's no one solution to everybody. Like for me, I know that I feel really good when I do an ice bath or a sauna. Um, some people might not ice bath and sauna, it might not be their thing. Their thing might be to go and do yoga. It might be to go on a walk. It might be to go lift weights. It might be like, everybody needs to test, like we've been talking Everybody needs to go and test a handful of different things to know what actually makes me feel the best. And then that becomes the thing that they should do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Cause it's like, you can't I think we're in this day and age of there's so much online that we tend to follow the, I don't even want to say the norm or like maybe we're following like a favorite fitness influencer, like you said, but it's like, yeah, change it into what you would, what's perfect for your body. Cause you're right. Not everyone's the same. You have to be able to differentiate Fully, yeah yeah um yeah the ice bath thing I I like started taking ice baths and then I think pushing through those hard things too because every time after an ice bath my mind is so clear but before it I'm like no I don't want to do this at all that's actually the point though like um the dude that I really really like that's a very smart doctor his name is Andrew Huberman um, he came out with like a whole study on, on cold and ice baths and was saying that the actual most beneficial moment is the moment where you're looking at the ice bath and being like, God, I do not want to go in this, but then you go in it and overcome it and sit through it. Um, and the higher, the, the higher, the level of that, gosh, I really don't want to do this is for you. The better ice baths are for you. Um, and for me, I've been like, uh, like I'm, I've been looking at, for a while. I was looking at it as like trying to get to a place where I look at the ice bath and it doesn't even make me nervous at all. I'm just like, this is going to be easy. I'm going to crush this. this is going to be great. And it's at, you actually want it. You want that feeling of you being like, I really don't want to do this for you to overcome it. Uh, because that actually builds, I don't know what the, I don't, I don't want to get into like the science terms cause I actually don't know but the, it actually builds something in your body um, that is like the most beneficial thing of going in an ice bath. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw this thing too, where it was like, 
your brain is telling you that you're legitimately going to die in like that cold of water. So of course your internal system is it's like fight or flight. Like I need to get out of this right now. But if it was some word that started with an M that you're fighting in your nervous mm. system or something, I don't know. I gotta look it up again. But yeah, that's what I heard about it. So I was like, okay, cool. If I can just push myself to convince myself that I'm not going to die during this. Interesting. Yeah. So now I have a backyard in New York and I love how you do the wellness stuff in the morning because actually like you inspired me to do this, but I'm like inviting people over, ordered the ice baths and like we have like a workout section Sick. of it. And I'm, I know, right? Like in New York, I feel like no one has that. So that's yeah. awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So you inspired that. Hell yeah. Um, I'm stoked for you. Yeah. Um, you're also really good at building a community. You've built a team of creators, a team of strategists uh how did you go about building your team and what are things you look for in people when you were building it um so let me start so let me start with community and then we can go into my actual like employees and team um community i feel like i look at the this i look at the stuff that i feel like i either needed when i was younger or i look at the stuff that i feel like i might even be needing now um, and the same way that I was telling you of like a support network, a support system um, is so important to like your journey in life, let alone business, um, that I was like in, in Los Angeles, COVID had happened, friend group had kind of like gone different ways. I had built out a little new friend group and was just really like craving community. Like we had all been so far apart for so, for so long with the pandemic. Um, that I think everybody around was also craving that. So I, I noticed that internally with myself um, and was like, if I'm feeling this, plenty of other people are feeling this. So let me start talking about this and let's start and let me start actually like trying to build a little bit of community in Los Angeles. And then I and, and then it just and then I think it just the world just kind of like happens for you. So then the coffee shop that I was hanging at ended up being like the perfect place for me to have multiple people come hang. And then that turned into a bigger group. And then it turned into like, oh shit, we're doing these weekly meetups. And that happened for like a year that we were doing the weekly meetups at that coffee shop. And that really was where like the community in person was developed. Um, and all of the people that were doing the coffee shops together would then go and do, you know, we would golf or we would go to the beach or we would go and it just became like, oh, now we have like this community in LA. So so yeah, so I, I think it just develops from actually caring about other people. First, it's first it's caring for yourself. Because if I was if I was literally just like I want to build a community just for the sake of having a five hundred person community, uh, and I didn't actually genuinely want to do it and didn't actually genuinely care about meeting other people, there would be no way that it would be lasting. So I think it's first like caring for yourself and like actually like giving yourself what you need, then I think it's, is that what do other people, would other people find this valuable or what are other people going through that maybe there could be some overlap here? Um, and that was very clear for me that, oh, the way that I'm feeling about how I just don't see a lot of people frequently and like I want to have more in-person conversations, lots of other people are feeling that. Let's talk about this. And uh, then the internet just kind of did its thing. So yeah, that, that was the community in LA. Um, sadly, sadly, the uh, coffee shop that we were at is uh, it had a, a little bit of like challenge to it, so that we don't uh, we're not doing those there anymore. We had too many people showing up, and it just wasn't sustainable for them. So that switched. We're actually like literally the meeting I was on before this was at another place to try and find a new uh, place to host like bigger groups of people and have people come meet, and it be like a good meeting spot. So I, I even feel like right now I'm missing, I actually feel like I'm missing community right now. Um, so it's something that I'm trying to, to build out again and like reconnect with a lot of those people that I haven't seen because we haven't had that kind of place to do it. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that just having people around you that you can bounce ideas off of, you can start your morning that way. I think. LA is such a beautiful place to have those conversations and have beautiful people around. Um, but there's those people everywhere. Anywhere yeah. you are right now, there are those people. Um, so 
I think LA has a lot of people that are in the right um, business, kind of like business and maybe even a little wellness, uh, but like very similar thinking people. There's a lot of them in my proximity. But when I was playing hockey in Russia, I was building community. There is people anywhere that you are in the world, there is people that are going through similar things that you're going through that want to connect, that want to meet. There's good people everywhere. We typically don't take the time to really go and try and find those people. And that could be because we're insecure with ourselves. That could be because we just don't know where to start. That could be because it's a lot of work and we just don't really want to put in the work. There's a lot of different reasons for it. But there is 100% people in the exact area that you are right now that you would enjoy spending time with if you got in front of them and got in a a room with them. Um, Most people just need to really put in the work to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to seek out to the people who you want to be around. Like you have to determine for yourself what what kind of person am I looking for? And then you'll start to find them because for sure. For for example, I grew up in a small town in Missouri. Well, actually outside of St. Louis. So St. Louis obviously isn't small, but now I even went back there two weeks ago to do podcasts with two people that I really look up to and are creating out there. And they're they're awesome people. I wish they were in New York, but yeah, I think to your point, you can definitely seek them out. They're there, even if you don't think they're there. You're right, they're there. Fully agree. Yeah. Um. So the people in now in your community in LA, you found them online. Uh, a large majority of the people that I hung out with at that coffee shop were either were were mainly found through my TikToks that they knew that I was, or my Instagram story that they saw that I was doing these kind of meetups. And then the second way, which would probably be like the, the, the more people that came through were like friends of friends. So they'd be like, Oh, like one person would show up and they would, one person would just genuinely show up just because someone had told them about it or they saw it on my story and they'd be like, I'm going to check this out. And they'd like take a, take a gamble and see like if it's fun. They would show up, they would have a blast and they'd be like next week and I'm coming back. And the next week they would come back with five people. And that would happen with like, like literally five to 10 different people every week. So then all of a sudden it would just be like in a span of a day, there'd be a hundred people that would kind of like come in and out. Um, that would be groups of people that would just know there's other cool people there that they're going to meet or like say hi to. Um, it was awesome. That's great. Cause I feel like most people, for example, like back to the school thing, who went to school, groups are kind of curated in schools. And I feel like when you get to adult life, people like kind of ignore those ways to seek out people. Like, you know, college, you're putting like a sorority or fraternity or whatever it is. High school, you have groups, right? So it's like, I think like my biggest thing is navigating that into adult life. Like I was never in a sorority or anything, but just navigating. Because yeah, I think you can reach so many people nowadays online. Like that's one of the, that's at least one of my favorite things about the internet is like you can meet so many like-minded people or people who are different from you and just hang out and Fully inspire agree. each other. Yeah. Uh, I think that the internet has, uh, this is why I love the internet. This is why I'm so grateful for it. Um, majority of the things that I have created right now have been done through the internet. Um, there's so much good that can come from it. The fact that you can go and make a video and, and like even on fucking TikTok, the fact that you can go make a video and be like, hey, I live in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and I'm looking for people that want to play chess. I'm going to be in this park tomorrow. If for some reason the TikTok algorithm puts this on your feed and you're interested, show up. The fact that that video could get seen by 100,000 people and 50 people actually show up in Richmond um, is something that our parents, most of them would not believe. Yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. So, it was never a reality for them. I'm just like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think to even bringing like communities just like, yeah, you meet online and then you like actually meet up in person. Um, ran into this this TikTok guy in New York that I follow and he follows me and we literally ran into each other on the street. We like looked at each other and we were like, no way. Like it was, you know, those things couldn't happen. I love that. I, I love the in-person interactions. It's something that I want to do more of. I, um, yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to do to actually take um, online relationships and 
move them into real life all across the US because I feel like I do that a lot in, in LA, but I haven't done that as much it with people that live in different cities throughout the US and it's something that I really want to do. Yeah, yeah. I can picture you like going on a tour, like a crater tour and being like just setting up like, I don't know whether it be like workshops or just bringing people together. I feel like that's something you're really good that. at. Like, yeah. Yeah, like to me, yeah, you just you have like really big leadership qualities, which I think is something the world needs more of like people giving the kind of advice that you give online just because, yeah, I just see a lot of me, 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 me on the Internet. And I'm always like, well, what about like what advice are you giving for other people? Um, I think that's something you do really, really well. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. When you were building your team, because you have Creator X and your Barnet X, are they mm -hmm. the same team of people or are they different teams? Same team. So, yeah, so my company, the the holding company is called Barnett. It's the Barnett, the Barnett company. Um, and in that, we have Barnett X, which is really like, um, the. it's called X because it's kind of the intersection of everything, but it's all specialized around content. So that's where we're like, giving companies strategy. It's where we're editing content. It's where it's also like my content goes under that, under Barnett X. Um, consulting goes underneath that. And then we have Creator X, which is all like actually finding creators for brands. Um, so it's not us like editing anything. It's not us. We're not actually um, working with these creators. We're not giving any sort of feedback on anything. It literally is just a brand comes to us they want a creator that's in a certain demographic. We go out and we kind of headhunt those creators, like find them, get in contact with them, introduce them to the brand, make sure that they're the right fit. And then the brand hires them as like a person on their team. Um, that's Creator X. And then also within Barnett, we, Honey House is in Barnett. That was the TikTok house that we had before that actually. Uh, yeah, that ended, right? Or is it? That ended and we actually sold the company. Oh, um, no way. So that was in, yeah, which is cool. Um, that actually, so that was that that was under Barnett too. And then all of the other things that I'm starting will be under that as well. The team right now is um, four people besides me. So I have a full-time, uh, I have three full-time employees and one part-time. Um, and the the four of them are, a full-time videographer editor, um, a right-hand operations person, um, a director of partnerships who does a lot of like client-facing work, and then the, a recruiter, like the person that's running all of the recruiting uh, stuff with Creator X. Um, yeah, and it's been like, now it's been um, a year and a half since my first employee, so. I don't want to have like a really big team. I don't have an interest in having like a 50 person staff or a hundred person staff right now or anything over a hundred. I like being, and I, and I go through different waves with this, but like in this exact moment, I like being able to drive and move like more like a mini Cooper than like a semi truck. And the bigger your team is and the, the bigger your team is and the bigger and the, and the area that you play in the market, um, the more things move slow. I like moving fast because social moves fast and attention moves fast. And so I want to be able to move as fast as possible. And I think that having five to maybe like 10 people allows you to stay really lean and, and move quickly on things, um, which is what I want to spend my time doing. Um, along with being a creator is my first and foremost passion. So I don't want to be managing a 150 person employee roster. Um, I would rather be, I don't want to manage 150 people, but I also don't want to be removed from it to where I have a person that's managing all 150 people, but I don't have relationships with them because I think that that's hard for me. So I will, I think a sweet spot as of right now is like in that 10 to maybe 20 ish people that I know everybody, I have relationships with all of them. We can do some real damage, but I don't have to manage too many people. Um, and I can still focus on being a creator. So that's kind of like the long-term plan right now. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really smart because you're right with big, 
businesses, there's, you know, there's some people who you're right, the bigger the business is, you might not know everyone that's even in your company. And then it's. And the systems like for, for most people that don't, that don't either work in a big company or run a big company, like when the more you grow, the more to make things easy behind the closed doors, the more you have to add systems in. So it's got to be like, there's like protocols for things where it's like, oh, here's the way that we do this. Every time that we do this, every time we work with a creator, this is the way that it goes. We send them the brief. We get the brief back. We look at it. We make a revision. We send it back to them. We do this. There's like a protocol that you go through. And to make it easy when you're building a company, you implement these kind of protocols so that anybody that joins the company, they know what they have to do. And you don't have to go and teach somebody from scratch every single time and reinvent the wheel. So the good thing about that is if you build good systems, when you're a big company, everything moves efficiently still. The hard thing about that is systems inherently destroy creativity. Systems inherently pull away from people's natural ability to um, break barriers. They, it, 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 it keeps you kind of like in the lines, which is what it's supposed to do. Um, but if you're, but in a creative world or in a creative business, like a lot of the shit that I'm doing and a lot of shit that I'm trying to do is to break barriers and is to go outside of the lines and is to um, do things that haven't been done before. So systems are really hard to implement um, because it just eliminates a lot of that and it makes the, and it can just make things really hard. So that's where I'm like, I'm really trying to figure out where the, I'm really trying to figure out like where the line is that I can push it to, to where it's like we can still move really quickly and do and do, have like a real business. Um, so that's like a big process that I'm going through. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the way that you put that in, that you're also aware of that because you're right. Systems do break. I, I honestly want to say like they break the spirit. Like I feel like that's why a lot of people nowadays are obviously, you know, like going away from the typical nine to five and that's obviously been like a huge topic. I feel like within the last so recent, like five years, people are figuring out that it's because of these systems that are put in place that like corporate life, you can't do certain things that you'd be able to do at smaller places. And that's the beauty of it because you're, I'll give you an even better one. This is, and this is cause this is the kind of shit that I like geek out on as a business owner when I'm like really thinking about like, how do I build this and what are the different ways that I can be creative with it? an even more interesting thing that I've really been clear to, uh, that's been really clear to me is um, systems are created to remove a lot of the emotion and emotional decision-making within companies, which again, when you're building a big company can be really good because if you have 500 people and every decision comes down to how does somebody feel about this, that can be, that can make things move really slowly. And when you're trying to build a company fast, the last thing that you want is to have to take into account every single person's individual emotions because that's just so unpredictable. So systems can become predictable. The way we do this is this happens and we always follow up with this. There's no emotion in that. That's set. This is the rule. This is the system. It's part of the system. That's just the way that it is. So then you can move faster because then you have this thing that's set that you guys follow, that you know is the playbook. And so now there's no questions. There's nothing that needs to get changed. There's no, like it's, it's very black and white. The, the challenge with that for employees and for people that love emotion is that it removes all emotion. So a lot of bigger companies that are growing at fast paces don't have that spirit, like you were just saying, don't have that spirit in them because they've just systematized everything to be able to grow so rapidly that there's no like, there's just no like emotional connectivity in it. So I think the, it's, it's, I think it's hard to build big businesses and really bake in the emotional connection between everybody. Um, it's, I, I think that that's like, that takes real talent. And I would, I would love to see people that feel like they're in companies that have that because that is something that is very hard to do. Um, and, you, and I think it, a lot of it, de- it depends on the leadership team. I think it majority depends on the leadership team. Um, I'm sure it's able to be done, but I think it's really hard. And that for me is something that scares me of like, fuck, I don't want to get to the point where I have 
you know, 100 employees, we have all of these systems, we're moving really fast, we're growing, revenue is growing, but I, at the end of the day, am on the street getting coffee with a friend and their, and their friend knows one of my employees that I don't have a great relationship with and, their, and my employee hates the culture and is not having fun and doesn't feel like they're looked after and doesn't feel emotionally connected to the team or the company at all. For me, that would be a more of a thing that I would be upset with than me having a smaller business and doing less money. Yeah. Yeah, I agree because you're right. It's almost like with these big, huge companies, you like most of the time the CEO does not have a relationship with any of the employees. Like it's almost I don't want to say two faced, but it's almost like whatever product or service you're giving out is almost opposite of them what's going on at the company. And then it's it becomes it becomes like almost robotic for the people working there, honestly, because they're just living almost the same day over and over, which to your point, you're right, has no room for creativity or growth or. But no, has great room for growth. Well, gro- like not personal growth, but like business growth. It's great because robots can work 24. 24- like think about what a robot is. It can work 24 hours a day, no emotion and do what you say. So if, as a boss, like I totally empathize with some bosses that are like, we want people like that, that have no care. They just do what they're told and they get the job done because we will be able to move fast and we'll be able to grow our company quick. For me as a boss, I'm like, no, I want people to come in and be like, like our, my, my team, we talk, everybody talks about shit they're going through. I'm, I'm, most, of the conversa- most of my one-on-one meetings with my team is how are things going with your boyfriend or girlfriend or parents or family or how do you feel with like the work that we're doing? Is it, how do you feel like emotionally with the work that we're doing? Because I feel like that's, because I feel like if I was an employee, that would make me work better. So that's the way that I work with them. Uh, granted, everybody's different. Some people might be like, you know what? I actually don't really want to talk about that. And it, that's fine. But I think like that is something that I like offering um, because I feel like for me, when, if, if I was ever working somewhere, that's something that I wish that I would have a relationship with with my boss. So again, that's where it's like, if I have 100 people, it might be really hard for me to know all of that shit about all 100 people. So I'm trying to figure out where that line is to where it's like, this is enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're taking time to really cultivate the atmosphere and the environment because once you do that, you're right. There's differences in both tiers of like of the business model. But even um, I had a chef on the podcast. His name's Dan Churchill. He's, love he, him. he's love great him. in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. He's um. He does basically like he'll consult with brands for their products and make sure that they're using, you know, like organic or, or whatever is good for the body if they're like a health and wellness company or whatever. And he met the CEO of some huge company. I can't remember the name of it, but the guy was like, oh, OK. And what is it made out of? Like he didn't even know what his own product was made out of. And that shocked Dan because he was like, wait, how do you not like you own this? How do you not know what's in it? So... I think when you get to that point of distance, right, you might have a huge company that's running smoothly, but what's more important, the longevity of it, you know, like having your own input in it and everything. This is where, this is where I, I go back to like everybody's playing in the game of wellness. Um, because for me, I think people have their own reasons for wanting to, to build things or do what they do. So, there is some business owners that are building companies right now that are genuinely so happy with the products, feel so connected to it, feel like they're making such an impact and are happy and are just happy with where the finances are, wherever it goes, just because that they are really getting fulfilled by that impact. Then there's other business owners that truly feel like the revenue coming in if they or the money that they would make if they sold the company would change their life and would actually be like the thing that like creates the ideal kind of life for them. Um, and so those people might not be prioritizing the enjoyment of the process of getting there because they're like, I'm, I'm chasing after something that when I get there, that's going to be when I'll be happy. I don't care about right now. I'll suck this up. My employees can suck it up. And I don't really care about, to your point, I don't really care about what's in the product. I don't really care about what's, I just want to get this business bought by somebody else. 
So I think it fully goes into your intentions of like the business and why you're running it, why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and that's something that I constantly am just checking in with myself and being like, where am I at? It's really hard for me to do anything that I don't enjoy. So if I'm like, oh, I'm not having fun with this. Like I've had plenty, we've pivoted our business multiple times when I'm like, ah, I don't, I just don't really feel like doing this anymore. I was doing a lot of consulting in the, at the beginning of uh, 2021 and, and late 20, at the end of 2021 and beginning of 2022 and got to a point where I was like, you know what? This is not fulfilling me anymore. People are paying me and I'm not feeling like I'm showing up and enjoying it and like giving them my, my best. Uh, I want to stop this and we fully cut it out. Um, and I think that that's, that also goes into like why I think it's better to have like a smaller size uh, because I can pivot on things like that. But I'm always checking in with myself and making sure that I, my t- intentions are right. Totally. J- JT, I'm going to put my phone recording on because this thing just went off and I don't know if it's still recording. Hope to God it is. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah, and it says it's recording for me. Oh, it does? Yeah. Okay. This is so weird. I can't see you on the screen anymore. Uh, hold on. Let me just... Okay. If it says it's recording for you, hopefully it still is. Yeah, it um, says recording for both. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because we live in a world where I just feel like you really either have to make the decision of right, like what you're wanting versus what... Like, what's the overall end goal for you? What's the overall thing you're arching for and aching for? Because, yeah, you can build a huge company and it can be great and you might not have relationships. And that's if that's what you want, that's that's what you want. I agree. That's not that's not for me. But um, to each their own. Because I don't judge if people are like, I really just want the money. Cool. If that genuinely makes you happy, that's incredible. I'm not the person to decide that. Um, I know for me that I would much rather enjoy the process and the money will take care of itself. Um, and so that's the way that I kind of navigate it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that thought process. Cool. Okay, JT. Well, uh, we'll wrap up cause we're running out of time. Are there, is there anything else that you think day to day that you're like, I wish I could be doing more of this or I need to manage this better. Or I'm just like, you obviously have really good time management. I think something that I'm uh, something that I'm really working on is is actually re- like relaxing and chilling. Um, even the like wellness stuff that I do, of uh, like sauna and ice bath, a lot of that stuff can still be like almost like doing things. And I think something that I am really trying to practice more of is just is actually doing nothing and just like being and just like hanging. Um, so that's like something that I want to do a lot more of. I, I would love to be like, I want to be spending my life where my li- I, I don't, my life does not revolve around my work. My work revolves around my life. So I am trying to spend more time like really hanging and then seeing how I can still do the work shit that I want to do with my life being the core of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's important. Cause yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, while we're all trying to chase these big dreams and these overall goals, you're right. It's important to sit back, relax, and notice how far you have come and be grateful for it and just kind of know that you're doing the world a better place already every day. So, yeah, I think that's great. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, There's advice you could give your younger self and the self that you are now. What would it be? Younger self would be... Um, trust, just trust yourself and the process and listen to yours and continue spending time getting closer to you. Um, because there's a lot of noise and a lot of outside opinions, but you know, like your own truth. So spend more time with yourself to get more clear with that and then follow that. That would be advice for younger self advice for myself. Now it would be like probably um, trust the process, relax. It's all going to be okay. Everything is going the exact way it's supposed to. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be and just trust the process. Yeah. I, um, I tell a lot of people this who, well, most people do know who you are, but for some of my friends are like, who's JT? I'm like, he is the example of, you're the example of good relationships with people. 
You have a fiance. Yep. Yeah, good relationships all around. Friends, fiance, relationships, business. Um, I just think you're a great person to look up to. And yeah, I just think everyone really looks up to you. So thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate that. Really, I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much. Oh, and one last question. Do you think it's fully possible to ever master your craft? Yeah, for sure. I absolutely do. I think you're always learning. I think you're always learning. I think things will always be, there's, there's always room for development. Um, but I think that, yes, you can, you can absolutely master your craft um, and continue to continue getting better at it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's what I tell people too. I'm like, you can definitely master it to a point of where you're doing it really well and you know, and you can go then teach other people how to do it and you're providing a value to the world. And I think, um, I was told this too, if you're providing immense value, that's what, well, I'm religious. I don't know if you're religious, but I'm like, that's what like God, like I grew up Christian. So I was like, that's what God wants us to do is like put value into the world and everything. Fully agree. I love that. Thanks so much, JT. Maybe one day, one week when you're in New York, if you do come back, we can, do the pot in person later down the road, but. Sick. That sounds great. Yeah, Thanks love so to. much. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Let me know when uh, this is up and I appreciate anybody for listening. 